We are here with my good friend, Peyton Wallace. He is a 22 year old entrepreneur. This man's first endeavor as an entrepreneur was at five years old. He started his own company at 13 years old and did a slight 36K in profits, right? And this is the difference between profits and numbers, right? He, mm -hmm. He's like giving, being honest about his profits. Got his real estate license at 18 and did 3 million in sales in the first six months. He won a national speech and debate championship. And the speech was actually about overcoming adversity and mental adversity. Look it up on YouTube. He helped scale his most recent company to eight figures with a successful rebrand and implementation of systems and processes. Peyton Wallace, welcome to Energy Theory. Happy to be here. You have 24 hours a day. Organize your day. Work hard. I'm here to talk about success. So I want to go ahead and uh, start the podcast with telling us a little bit about yourself, the first thing that comes to mind, and we will start there. Sure. I'd say the first three things that comes to mind is my core values. Yeah. And I think that's something that's super important when we uh, are addressing who, who, who we are as a person. And first and foremost is Christ-centered. And that, that means a lot to me. And um, my faith is really grounded in how I, how I work, how I live my life, how we develop relationships. And then second of all is optimization. I'm always looking to optimize systems and processes, see what works, what doesn't work, being transparent and upfront with myself of realizing not only in business, but in your personal life, what are the things that we can get better at? I know that you and I have had many conversations on personal tracking, self-optimization that goes so far beyond the office, but really into your personal life. And then the third thing is just, I, I love to have conversation. And I'm really excited for today's conversation and just letting it be a natural flow, like you and I's ping pong conversations. Mm -hmm. I wish, that's, that's one thing that you and I have talked about a lot, is just miking ourselves up when we're playing ping pong or uh, running into each other in the office, sharing um, the same space has been really awesome. And I've loved the conversations that we've been able to have and ready to extend it with you guys. Yes, man, we are excited for you to be here once again. I can't tell you how many times I beat him in 2022. He but let's talk about the real numbers. I was about to say, hold on. He clearly <laughs> made it a vow to himself that I, I will not beat him in 2023. I don't know if he hired a tutor. I don't know what he's done. But in 2023, it has been extremely hard to beat this man. And I, I think that's telling about your, your character. Is like if you find something that you really like and, you know, you see someone who's also good at it, like, mm -hmm. You want to beat them like I, i've noticed that like even watching you play tennis playing pickleball you're like i'm going to be the best at this at whatever it costs right. whatever it takes right he goes and buys the best paddles <laughs> he, goes, <laughs> he goes he goes and buys the best paddles he goes and like actually practices and i think that's something to admire um where do you think that like comes from like you know what i'm saying like i know we all have like that inner kid and with you yeah. only being 22 you know a gen z our first gen z on the podcast by the way um i'm honored no I'm here yeah. to represent here we go here we go you're representing a whole whole generation so where do you think that comes from like that that inner in that inner child that competitive i, I gotta sure. do the best what, 100 comes from my parents i mean if you could just have a 30 minute <clears throat> snippet of what it was like growing up it, it would be hilarious for most people to realize is 
competition was, I mean, it was part of our DNA in the household. And I even remember um, self-improvement was part of our DNA in the household. I was homeschooled for most of my high school and middle school years. And both of my parents were in corporate America, corporate America having full-time jobs. And so a lot of the times I'd have a question, it was, I remember my dad saying over and over again, Google it, figure it out, watch a YouTube video. The internet exists. <laughs> and that was one of the, one of our core statues in the household was if you have a question and you don't know the answer to it, Google it. If you, if you have something that you want to become good at and you need to continue to progress, there is so much content out there. Is I remember when you and I first started playing ping pong, you were beating me. And you're beating me on like consistently. You, you could said get he a game. Remembers, like it was so long ago. Like I used to. Well, to me, it was a <laughs> lifetime ago because <laughs> from where we were to where we are now, Facts. it's. And that's what I did. Is I just looked up on YouTube how to get better at serves, how to get better at responses, how to increase your you know hand-eye coordination, yeah. all of those things. But that stems back to growing up. My dad just saying, you know, if you want to figure it out, Google it. I'll tell you my wisdom. But, but you need to find your own. You need to you need to create your own foundation. And I, I even remember there being a dictionary on our di dinner table. And if we didn't know a word that was being said at the dinner table, look it up. Because a lot of times people become dependent on, well, I don't know it, so I can't do it. Right. So if I face an objection or an adversity, just because I don't know it or I've never gone through this before, doesn't mean I can't. Right. Doesn't mean I can't become better because... You can always look up and figure out, okay, what can I do to become 1% better every day? Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more with that. I think that, you know, to your point, a lot of people just get complacent and they're comfortable with just not knowing. And it feels better to just not know or it feels better to just say, hey, I'm, I'm not really good at ping pong. You got it. Right. But you took that that extra step and go that extra mile to get better. Right. I want to dive a little bit deeper into the competitive side, though. So, like, sure. we're... What instincts uh, um, do you know? Did you get from your parents to be like competitive? And can you tell us a little bit about like you know growing up with with your mom and yeah. your dad? Like, well, who, if you're not first, you're last. There you go. You know, Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby, shake there. and bake. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, my household, even as it goes all the way back to playing Mario Kart as a kid, it, it got intense. I actually held for three years the lap record time for Mario Kart Double Dash on the GameCube, if you remember playing on the GameCube. <laughs> like I was so determined to be the best at that game so that nobody would beat me. And then it got to the point to where I was checking the lap records and I'm like, wait a minute, I set the record like of all time on this, but it lasted only like three months or something like three that. Months. Only three months. And then somebody beat me. But anyway, it, it really did go back to just how my parents were and, and and my upbringing of that and I really am privileged but it wasn't wasn't necessarily easy for somebody when you have overachieving parents the voices is and I've talked about this in my speech about overcoming adversity those mental voices of well you're not good enough well you can do more you can always continue to do more I struggled with that just full transparency jumping right into it I struggled with that a lot growing up of realizing you know it's okay if you're not the best it's okay if you're not getting 100 on every paper. It's okay if you're not succeeding 100% of the time because those failures, just like Michael Jordan said, you know, I've made however many shots, I've won however many games, but I've also missed this many times. I've lost this many games. These are all the points that I could have won a championship on, but I missed. And it's realizing 
You know, I make mistakes. I go through adversities. Those voices, the, the mental struggles and battles are real. But always remember, if you can continue to get better and push through those mistakes and learn from them, that was just the culture that was in my household is when you make a mistake, you get right back up again. My dad always would tell me, he said, you know, Peyton, just rub some dirt on it. Just get <laughs> back up again. Rub some dirt on You'll it. You'll be all right. Yeah. All right. So you talk about wins and losses. Mm -hmm. I can't help but think, where do you think that there's more data in like your wins mm -hmm. or in your losses, right? Because like, you know, the people feel like, hey, losses are lessons, right? Yeah. Do you, do you feel like that that holds true or, or do you think that there's actually more data in, in your wins? I mean, I would say you can get more data from losses because losses are lessons. But if you're losing a lot, you should probably learn a little bit better. Yeah. So if, if you're losing a lot of the times and you're not getting a lesson out of it and you continue to fail, continue to fail, continue to fail. I mean, take a look at Thomas Edison. He failed 10,000 times. Speaking of electric theory, he yeah. failed creating the light bulb 10,000 times. And then the 10,000 and first time yeah. was a success. But why did you have to fail 10,000 times? You know, mm -hmm. that's what optimization is. It's realizing, okay, I don't need to fail a hundred times. I don't need to fail a thousand times, but every failure is a lesson to go ahead and make an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your first failure, you know, outside of Mario Kart, outside of, you know, uh, uh, you know, games related from a Man. entrepreneur standpoint, you, you know, started as an entrepreneur when you were 13. Um, I started as an like, entrepreneur when I was five years old. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. Five years old, not even 13. 13 was real estate. Five was when you decided to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So we'll dig into like your five-year-old self here, here in just a second, but tell sure. us about your, your first loss as an entrepreneur, one that you still you know, remember to this day that you can collect data from? I would say my first quantifiable loss in business, I really got into drop shipping for a little bit. Oh, you were and one of those guys. I was. <laughs> and so I was testing out my muscles and marketing yeah. and sales and trying to create, you know, a Shopify store, Amazon. Right. Uh, I, I tried everything, Walmart, you name yeah. it. And drop shipping taught me a lot about marketing mm -hmm. but it was just so hard to crack into i did the courses i spent a ton of money on advertising dollar but what i didn't do is i was focused focusing too much on the pro uh, the profits and not the product uh. and so that was the biggest lesson that i realized throughout all that is i was thinking well why aren't why aren't they buying from my ads why aren't they doing this why aren't they doing that when after the fact i realized it wasn't the website it wasn't my marketing efforts it honestly was the product and I just didn't find my product yet. And so that was my first failure of after spending thousands of dollars trying to figure out drop shipping, it just didn't work. Mm. And then that's when I transitioned into real estate and taking the lessons though that I learned from marketing on drop shipping right. and finding a product that I could get behind and realizing I'm really good at creating marketing systems. I'm really good at creating lead generation. I am really good at creating those pages, landing pages. Right. and. If I didn't have that failure in drop shipping, I don't think I ever would have transitioned to, you know, doing three million dollars in sales in my marketing and real estate company in the first six months, <clears> because I wouldn't have learned that lesson of, hey, you got to figure out what your product is. And in real estate, insurance, the product is you. If right. you're a real estate agent, if you're an insurance right. agent, if you're in any type of sales, outbound sales, the product is you, mm. regardless of what you're selling. And so, working on you is the first and foremost. Um, thing that you can do is focus on yourself, improve yourself. And I, I really did learn that lesson through that failure. So personal development played a huge role Absolutely. after that. 
what did you do to start developing yourself, your, your personal self, if you will? Yeah, when I was 17, 18 years old, getting ready for this national championship, I, a big, big core, um, a big constant in my life has been lofty dreams and visions. I've always had a dream board. I've always had something that I just close my eyes and I say, I want that. Like right now, I close my eyes and I want my Porsche 911 GT3 RS. And so, <laughs> you know, I close my eyes, I envision myself driving that car and that's something that I want. And so going back to that is, what is it that you really want? And um, when, when you establish that, then you can create those systems and processes to get towards that. Right. And, and, and being able to work towards something is super important. But you know, a dream without a plan is just wishful thinking. Right. And so it's it's that constant that you got to continue to say, okay, I've got to have a plan. Right. So tell us a little bit about your plan. Because here on Electric yeah. Theory, we want to hear authenticity. Like we want to sure. hear from point A to point B. You know, how'd you get from C to D? What was some of the things that you implemented into your life that, you know, really helped you just, you know, you, you went back to the championship that actually yeah. helped you win that championship? What was and some then, of the plans and processes that you put in place? It started with that same vision of, okay, I've got a dream and that's to win the national championship. Okay. But what do I need to do? I need more content right. because uh, one of the categories is impromptu. They literally just give you a topic. You have two minutes to think about what you're going to say, and then you have to give a five minute speech. So if I were to give you a topic right now and you have two minutes to look over it to mm -hmm. develop a cohesive and thought out five minute speech without saying um, without stuttering, without making mistakes, and then your audience can actually walk away with something and it's not just fluff, that was tough. That was probably one of the toughest things that I had to do in speech and debate. And so I realized I need to read. Right. I've got to read, 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 and really work on myself because I've got to build my data bank. You know, I've got to build this uh, information and stories. So one of the exercises that I went through was I would read two books a month. And then I'd take, I mean, you and I have talked a lot about reading. You and I are always exchanging books and saying, hey, you got to read this. You got to skim through this. You really should listen to this podcast. Um, but it's that data input that is so important. And then figuring out, okay, I've put all of this input now in my mind. I've read all of this information. I've listened to all of these podcasts. Now I need to learn how to regurgitate it. Right. And so I think a lot of people, they'll read a lot and right. they'll work on their personal development, but they can't regurgitate the information that they've now inputted. Right. And so that output for me was speech and debate. And so I realized, okay, you know, I've got to read all of these different books, but then learn how to formulate my own stories so then I can write my own book. What did you do to formulate your own stories? Because like that was, that was step yeah. one, it was like read, okay? After reading, you learn how to then... So, regurgitate your your thoughts that you've read yeah you could, actually hold on let me pause right there because i heard you say something before while we we're playing ping pong um you haven't created anything and i thought that was very very wise of you um because like the more i get to understand the more i know the more i realize i don't really know mm -hmm. right and like you learned that at an early age and i know when i was 22 i thought can't nobody tell me nothing i yeah. have this figured out you know like i'm so creative but for you to sit here and say, you know, I haven't really created anything. And, you know, I, I quoted my mom. My mom always used to say, hey, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. Right. So, like, understanding that, how did that play a role into you wanting to, you know, I guess, you know, learn all this information and then regurgitate Absolutely. it? Can you tell us a little bit more yeah, about that? There's, you know, there are a lot of inventors. And I think that when, 
in regards to this conversation, we also have to take place that there have been people who have taken something of existence and made it better. Right. That's what an inventor is. If right. they've, they've taken um, whatever's in front of them, put it together like a puzzle in a new way, and then formulated whatever that invention was. So when I say, you know, I haven't created anything, it's not necessarily, you know, I don't have any proprietary, you know, softwares or proprietary systems. I've right. got those. Right, right, I've right. got systems that only I would understand. Right. But the information that is out there, I mean, another conversation I was having with someone the other day is you can be interested in anything and find a group. Yeah. You can go out and you can you can have any weird interest. You can be into whatever it is. And somebody out there is going to be into the same weird thing as you. Yeah. And so when you think about that, then you think about, okay, the thoughts that you're forming and these business ideas and these things that you want to implement, odds are either somebody's working on it, somebody out there has done it, a form of it, or you're going to have to invent it yourself with what's already under the sun. Mm. So why would you want to go and try to invent something without taking into consideration the content and information that's already out there? And I know now that we're moving into this new realm of artificial intelligence and machine learning is what is machine learning? It's just content analyzation and regurgitation. Right. That's exactly what it is. Yep. But instead of a human doing Simply it, put. now it's a machine. Right. So, you know, when it comes to your personal life, you have to treat it sometimes like a machine. Right. Input equals output. If right. you're not putting in data, you can't regurgitate data. You right. can't have an output. So understanding that is super important. Nice. Okay. We're going back to the plans and process that you put in place. We have yeah. two so far. Yeah. One was, you know, you read, then you learn how to regurgitate that information. What was another part of your master plan and process that, you know, helped you not only be successful to win the championship, but help you to be successful in, in your endeavors and, and what you're working on now? Yeah, definitely perseverance. I mean, any any business owner knows that you're going to get knocked down. Right. Odds are, you know, most startups fail within the first three years. Honestly, most startups fail within the first 15 minutes of implementation. Yeah. Like, if, if we're just going to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's true. Because what they're not taking into consideration is, okay, I've got this lofty goal, mm -hmm. or I've got this dream, I've right. got this vision, but I don't know what it's going to take to get there. Exactly. And so most people discredit adversity. Right. And they realize, I'm just going to try to avoid adversity as long as I can. Mm -hmm. And by avoiding adversity, you're actually avoiding your biggest growth. We were talking about in the elevator on the way up here. Mm -hmm. I was talking about some of the pains I was having in my leg. And we, then we started talking about growing pains. The only way that you can really and honestly tell that you're growing, you know, I, I mean, I shot up, I was four foot 11, 76 pounds when I was 13 years old. Yeah. And then now I'm six foot tall. And I think I hit six foot like at 17 or 18 years old. Yeah. I had a lot of growing pains in between those years. <laughs> right. But that's the thing is the more pain that I was enduring, the more I knew I was growing. Right. And so going back to speech and debate and how I would credit winning that tournament was sitting in my mom's office. My mom, she's uh, spoken on stages in front of hundreds of thousands. She's been able to sing in front of presidents, was able to um, do the opening for the Olympics. I mean, she is a world-class motivational speaker. And having that as a mom is both awesome, but also you're held to a different standard. <laughs> And so I remember when I told my mom, hey, I want to win the national championship. She goes, do you know what you're saying? And I'm like, yeah, I want to win. 
She goes, do you know what that means? I said, yeah, that means winning. No, 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 no. Do you know what that takes? I don't know, competing? Right. <laughs> and she said, no, it's going to take a lot of pain. It's going to take a lot of adversity. It's going to take you, I mean, just like you have to forge a sword, it has to go through the heat. It has to go through the anvil. It has to go just beat out those imperfections. And so I remember when I was practicing my speech in her office, she would say, again, again, I would mess up a hand gesture. Again, I would stutter. Again, until I had perfected every hand movement, every gesture, every voice inflection to the point to where I remember I was bawling, crying in her office, preparing for this national speech. And she's, again, again, pushing me. And if it wasn't for that push, I don't think I would have won the tournament mm. because she knew that I had to come to a breaking point before I could go ahead into that next season of saying, now you're ready. Sometimes you have to have the growing pains. You have to have someone saying, again, get back up. Because if you stay down, that's not gonna win championships. If you say, oh, I've lost three in a row, that's not gonna win championships. If you say I've made mistakes over and over again, that's not gonna win championships. It's taking the adversity and going again, 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 until you perfect your craft. And it's progress over perfection. That's, that's a clarifying point, right. is if you're making that 1% progress every day and not trying to be perfect, that again, again, again becomes so much easier because you realize this is just growing pains. Mm. This is just something that has to take place before I can hit that lofty goal that I have. Mm. If you guys are listening, everyone out there and gals, we're inclusive over here. We have reading, number one. Two is essentially regurgitating, so this could be communication, mm -hmm. right? And then three is being able to withstand adversity. The so anvil putting, of success. The, the, there you go. Yeah. Putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and understanding that that's what's going to lead to growth. Is there any more? That's three. Do we have Do we have a few more in you? Or is Absolutely. That, is that, that's all it took. Okay, here we go. It depends how much time we have in this podcast because you and I can keep going. I would say the last thing is communication. Okay. If you can, Warren Buffett once said, if you can teach a man to communicate, you can raise his net worth by 50%. Okay. And so diving into that a little bit deeper is how, how not only can you communicate to yourself, that's dealing with your thoughts, that's dealing with your emotions, that's dealing with the, I'm down, but I need to get back up again. We've addressed that. But now moving into, okay, how can I communicate with other people and share my vision and story? Because I know a lot of people out there, especially my age, you've got 20 year olds, 21, 22, 23 year olds that have all of these great ideas of whether it be a company or whether it be a system, whether it be an achievement they want. Um, but what they don't have is the network because your network is your net worth. Right. So the more you can build the network and the people around you, that's your scaffolding. Right. So communication and networking, that's the scaffolding of where you're gonna go in life. And so no matter where you're at in life, no matter what position you're in, no matter if you come from something or come from nothing, everything is about your scaffolding. Everything is about you choose who's going to be around you and you choose the rooms that you can go into. Right. So you were physically choosing the people that you wanted to be around. Absolutely. Right. So it's more so number four is, is, is network. Mm -hmm. So one was reading, two was, you know, regurgitating, which I did classify as communication. Yeah. So then three was perseverance through adversity. Mm -hmm. And then four is network, constantly building mm -hmm. your network. And that's 
once you can get down how to communicate your vision, like let's say you go. say, you know, I want to start this real estate company or I want to yeah. start this technology company. And my goal is in the next five years, I want it to scale to eight figures, you know, producing six figures, you know, high six figure income for me and my family, whatever your lofty goals are, right. you've got to realize it's going to take people to get there. Right. It can't just be you. And, right. and that's the thing is so many solopreneurs think solopreneurs. I that, that's honestly that's, what a lot of people are. And they're going to stay solopreneurs because they don't want to surround themselves mm -hmm. with experts. Right. So it's okay to ask for help. That's yes. what I'm getting to. There you go. Is when you realize it's okay to ask for help because it's going to take a team. Right. Apple isn't Apple because Steve Jobs did it himself. Right. Apple, I mean, uh, Amazon isn't Amazon because Jeff Bezos decided to do it himself. Tesla isn't Tesla because Elon Musk did it himself. No, they were visionaries mm -hmm. that did the grunt work in the beginning right. that ended up surrounding themselves with the right people and infrastructure, that scaffolding that we're talking about, right. that then accelerates them into their next, their next step. Mm, acceleration into their next step. So mm -hmm. what would you say, not only to Gen Z, millennials, boomers, everyone's included right mm -hmm. now, right? What would you say is the next step that you should take after that, right? Like not just yeah. the step that you've taken, but like what's, what would you, how would you generalize like the next step? The next step after networking? Yeah, after networking. Nurturing. Nurturing. And so then it is just nurturing those relationships because if you forget to nurture your relationships, they'll just fade away. That's the thing about life right. is people come and go. Uh, I mean, growing up, one thing that we, we said a lot was some friends are for a reason, some are for a season, right. others are for a lifetime. Right. You've got to realize too which ones were for a reason, which ones are just for a season, right. and which ones you need to stick around for a lifetime. Because we also get hung up on, you know, there's some people in our scaffolding that although they've been friends for a, for many many seasons, to get to that next step, maybe they're not the ones there for a lifetime. Right. Maybe they're holding you back, and that's a hard conversation to have. It is. Is who are the people that you're comfortable with that might not necessarily get you to that eight figure goal, mm -hmm. that nine figure goal. Because you've mm -hmm. got to nurture, but you've also got to realize, you know, when you're when you're growing a plant, if 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 the leaf is dying, you want to just cut it off. It'll grow back. Right, right. But sometimes you have to realize it takes cuts to make acceleration, to mm -hmm. grow further. And so that's something that applies to anybody is what's some of the scaffolding that's shaky? What's some of the people that are around you? What are the people or the things or is technology, social media? It can be anything that it goes from nurture now into, okay, I really need to maintain those relationships, the ones that are good and the ones that are bad. Right. Gosh, this is so good. So like, how do you identify who to cut off? Yeah. Right. Cause like in today's time, it's like you have access to mm -hmm. everybody. Right. And it's only becoming more easy to get connected with your girlfriend from middle school. Right. Like, so how do you decipher and what, you know, what, what steps have you taken to be like, all right, because I know you're a very calculated guy. Mm -hmm. um, what steps have you taken to like optimize, like, hey, if this person is not, you know, I I'm not going to be able to provide value to them. They're not going to be yeah. able to provide value to me. So like, I need to cut them off. Like, how do you make that decision? It's very difficult to do that if you don't know what your mission is. There you go. And so first and foremost, know what your mission is. Right. Because know, where am I headed? What are my goals? Mm -hmm. Where am I going to be? Envision yourself. I mean, that Porsche, even though it's it's just a thing, 
you know, I, and I don't let things drive me, but it is a motivating factor of what I do is, you know, I, I've got it as a wallpaper on my computers. That's a motivating factor of what's <clears throat> going to get me there this right. year. You know, that's right. just, that's just one materialistic thing. But now when it comes to decide, if you don't know what your mission is, if you don't know what your goal is, then A, it's going to be really hard to determine who you need to get there. B is what are your core values? What do you believe in? What, what's first and foremost? Like first and foremost, I've got values of honor, humility, optimization, excellence, all of these things. I've got 10 that if you're not on board this train, you know, there, there's requirements of the type of person that I want to bring into my inner circle. Right. Because your inner circle, the people that influence you and you influence most. Right. And so if you don't have a clear vision and you don't have clear values, it's going to be very difficult to decipher that. So I think there is there is a precursor to that conversation, which is know who you are. Right. And in my generation, that is getting harder and tougher than ever right. is no one knows who they are. Yeah. Because now we're in a society, and this is going to get a little bit controversial, but Hello. now we're in a society of people who don't know who they are yeah. because everything's fluid. Right. And so everything is changing. You can right. be whatever you want. But if you can be whatever you want, and then all of a sudden my generation is now, well, I don't want to be anything specific. I want to do this. I want to do that. They're shotgun. Everybody is shotgun. Mm -hmm. they're, they're focused on so many things at once. Mm. versus being rifle focused and saying, this is my goal, this is my vision, these are more my core values, and this is the people that I need on my bus to get there. Right. If you're shotgun and saying, well, this person makes me feel this way, well, they feel really make up. me they really make me happy. I can call right. them whenever I want and I know they'll pick up. Oh, this, none of that. Right. That's a shotgun. You're yeah. focusing on this, that, another. You know, We can even get a little bit more controversial and say, you know, why are you still talking to that ex? Where are they going to take you into the next season of your life? Right. Why are you still talking to that friend that has burned you over and over and over again? It's time to cut them off. Right. And if you this don't, is your sign. if you don't, this is your sign. <laughs> hey, if you were wanting, sign. if you were looking for a sign, this is your sign. <laughs> I'm getting real personal here with you guys. This is your sign. You need a slap on the face. But um, it really gets to that though. Right. And you've really got to realize, rifle focus. Right. Focus on your thing, your true north. Yeah. And if you're focused on that, the people will come. Right. The people will follow. The right people, right. But if you're leading and no one is following, mm. you're simply just taking a walk. That's why it's important to have yeah. that core scaffolding around you. Thank you, good sir, for being on Electric Theory. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm going to beat you in ping pong later. Good luck. It was another good day. We had another good day. And if you line up enough good days, fuck around and have a good life.